Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with my girl, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm so very excited. I feel like we've been trying to make this uh, episode work for a really long time, but the time change has always been so hard to coordinate. I know. So it's we got James. Yeah, I James Dewberry with us. James, how are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, it's been a while in the making, but happy to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you, and I feel like we are capitalizing on this moment of you being stuck in this hotel room. I was saying, we trapped you. We were like, we know you're not going anywhere. Can we please find a time to uh, to chat? Because you have so much going on in your life right now, and I am made of questions. Seriously. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have. Yeah, it's it's actually been a, quite a wild ride the last few months, and now it's actually a really good time for me to be in ISO because it feels like it's almost like a transition back from outer space where I've been for the last couple of months and then reintegrating back into regular work and training life is having two weeks here in ISO just to sort a few things out before I get back into yeah, yeah. the uh, the, gr- the grind. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, probably by the time we air this, you'll be uh, out of your isolation. So let our listeners know, just give a little background on why you're stuck in this hotel room and why maybe they've seen you doing lots of burpees and Elsits wearing a big helmet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, spice things up here in the hotel room. I'm not in ISO with anybody else. Um, The people in the rooms next door to me, they all have a, a partner um, cause every time I go into the hallway, just very briefly to pick up my food, um, they've always got double bags everywhere. So I think I'm one of the mm. only ones here just by themselves. Um, so basically I've been in ISO now for, uh, 12 days. Um, I've got three more days to go. We'll actually get out on Friday night. Well, Saturday morning at 12.01 AM, um, and I'm in ISO because I went over to Europe. Um, I got a, an exemption to travel to Europe to do bobsled for um, a couple of months, um, which was really cool and super exciting. So I've been over in Europe, in Germany, um, sliding bobsled and, and competing bobsled with the Australian team. And uh, coming home, it's a regulation that we go into 14 days of lockdown or quarantine um, before we're allowed out just to make sure we don't have COVID. And I think I've had the most COVID tests um, out of anyone here in Australia over the last two months. We've had like probably, I don't know, probably over 10, over 10, over 10 sticks up my nose trying to figure out whether I got COVID. And I haven't had COVID. Like it's, it's not like, it's not a thing for me. Was it really the all the way up, like touching your brain tests? Oh, I can't. It goes, it goes all the way back and then into your throat from your nose. Well, you yeah. you know the Chinese are now doing it the other direction, so which also, by the way, can touch the back of your throat. I guess if you go deep enough. But still, you know, I was literally about to say that it makes my butt tingle, like when yeah. I think about it. But it does, that gives a whole new connotation now. Yeah, they say that's the most accurate yeah. test is uh, swabs on the backside, up the butt. Yeah, yeah right. Mm. Well, I haven't had that, but I. Oh, you'd have to if buy happens, me. A, you'd have to. You'd have to buy me a glass of wine first or something. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not down for that. I can't I have also taken a ton of COVID tests just in the last year. Um, not nearly as many as you, but the the up your nose, like the tickle your brain ones, they just oh I can't. I hate it. I hate it. I much prefer the like bottom of your nose ones, like the ones we took when we had to like get in the bubble bubble for games, which were the rapid tests, which were like, you know, in the bottom of your nose. I can't yep. I'll never go back. I don't want to go back to swabbing my brain. I'm all set sucks yeah 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 well it's um it's been pretty crazy 
So we had to get one basically before every uh, uh, training week, and then we had to get one before every race. Um, and then if I wanted to go from Germany to somewhere else, I had to get one before I left and one before I went back. So there was plenty in there. But, yeah, they're not so bad, and I'm kind of used to them. I've got one today, actually. Oh, just, you know, might as well keep it going. Keep the record straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, everybody needs a casual test every now and then. I may do it just for fun. Why not? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Well, the, the funny thing is um, that <laughs> they, they ask us when we go get the COVID test done when we're in Germany, um, they ask you whether you want it in the nose first or in the mouth first. And then it's like you get to choose. It's like if you want to, because you have to get two, you have to get it done with the same swab, either in the back of your throat, then up your nose, or up your nose and in the back of the throat. Um, like, there's only one. There's only kind of one problem. order that you could. There's only one. <laughs> if anyone picks the wrong order, I'm gonna judge you real hard. Yeah, <laughs> we all did. We all did choose in the throat first, and then up the nose Thank last. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. If you said the other direction, I was gonna be like, listen, we need to talk about germs. Uh, and how yeah. that works for you. Yeah, well, I figured like both of the passages, they're all connected anyway, so. Also true. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but there's only one, just for for oh, my own grossness. I don't want the mm-hmm. nose swab in the back of my mouth. Thanks very much. All set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, bobsled. I, uh, I'm like, yeah. I'm so fascinated because obviously we've seen sort of like a slew of CrossFitters going out and doing this recently, but that's nothing new. Like you guys are athletes and you're, you're built in a way that sort of like makes you more conducive to that type of a sport. So I totally get it, but I'm just so fascinated in general by the whole trend ever since we had um, Kelsey Keel on the show. And we started sort of talking about this. I've learned so much and I am blown away at the number one athletic athleticism necessary, uh, just like CrossFit, but number two, like, the risk kind of like, I don't know how else to say it. It's like a, it's like a high energy, like totally thrill seeking sport more so than I ever really realized before I sat down. So just tell us about your experience, man. What the hell was it like? Oh, it was the best. It was like exactly what you want in an adrenaline sport. It's, um, it's literally, it's when you do it, when you think about what it would feel like, and then when you actually go and do it, two completely different things. It's like, way louder way faster way more pressure around the corners um uh, a lot more like bangs and bumps than you would expect oh. a lot like a lot more hits and stuff which is great it's super fun what? um says nobody we- ever yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. great it and like then- broke my neck it was awesome Were <laughs> <laughs> you wearing a helmet you're wearing a helmet um so and then when you do take a spill and you tip it over, um, that's pretty exhilarating as well. Like it's, um, yeah, it's everything about it's really cool. When I first saw this on, um, obviously cool runnings, but yeah. when I, when I saw, uh, it on YouTube, I was just like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Like these guys are just sprinting this thing off the line and jumping in and, you know, driving this bob down the hill really fast. And then I saw how fast they were going. They're doing like at Whistler, they're going up to a hun- over 150 Ks an hour, which is like 95 miles an hour or something like that, 90 miles an hour. Uh-uh. And um, 
I was just like, this is super sweet. And then I was just like, hmm, I wonder what um, what program we have in Australia for bobsled. So then I just kind of like looked it up. I looked at the uh, old Olympic team that we had and I was just like, oh, this is sweet. And then I found that one of the guys was like, he was part of a CrossFit gym. Um, and so I messaged him and I was just like, hey, man, what's the deal with bobsled? <laughs> is it like a thing here in Australia or like what's the go? And he was just like, oh, man, you're going to love it. You'll love it. He's like, let me put you in contact with the guys at uh Bob's Australia. I was like, yeah, sweet. So I messaged them and I just said, hey, um, pretty interested in seeing what's required for this. And then they sent me like what's required, like this, the test, like power clean, 1RM, back squat, triple, uh, fast 30 meters, um, broad jump, things like that. And I was like, I love all those tests. And I was just like, that's cool. Have you got any guys got any trials coming up? And it's like, yeah, we actually do have a trial in a couple of months. So I said, yeah, put me down and uh, went and did the trials in, I think, September, October. And then next thing I knew, I was in Europe in November. Wow! And then I was just racing bobsled. Yeah. What were the what were the requirements like in comparison to what your capabilities were already looking like? Yeah. So, um, like all the tests, they give you like a rank of, um, you know, below uh, below the line um, uh, in a, a, like a satisfactory category or like elite category. Um, and all my tests were in the elite category. They were cool. like quite competitive. Um, you know, they were looking for like power cleans over 120 or like 120 or above. Um, so that was, yeah, that was quite easy. Um, they were looking for heavy back squats, like back squats. Um, I think they've just recently put them up to 180 plus, which is good too. Um, and then they were looking at like trying to get a 30 meter sprint, which is, um, I don't know what that is in yards for you guys, but 30 meter sprint was under, three point uh I, th- I think at the time it was under four but now i think they've just dropped it down to under 3.9 so yeah i was running three three nine um, for my 30s um and hopefully by the time we get around to the next uh qualifying season um yeah we can be a little bit faster stronger a little bit heavier as well which will help the sled so the heavier you are too the the faster you'll go down the hill so in terms of like the tests and stuff the tests were were great um and then once you have the tests under your belt and then you start pushing a sled so you can also push a land sled for practice but pushing the sled is a whole different beast so learning how to get the most power out of your push getting up to top speed and maximal velocity as fast as you can so you can get you basically a good a good snowballing time down the track is ideal so um so it was like a whirlwind experience it was um like crash course in learning how to how to push this thing literally and then um it was yeah super fun i had a blast like i when I, when I left, I was just like, I've really got to get back. Like we've got CrossFit season coming up. I have to get back. So I stayed as long as I could. Um, but if, if we didn't have the CrossFit season on this, this time, I'd probably still be in Europe and still be sliding. Hmm. I was just going to, Oh, go ahead, John. Well, I was going to say you, what I love about James is just like two years ago, dude, you nearly killed yourself on a mountain bike. And so then you go, (laughs) you you go, I'm going to go find something safe, safe and easy. Just, you know, no risk whatsoever. I'll just <laughs> yeah. go f- flying down a mountain on a sled. You're, it's, yeah, you got oh, you to keep mind. it interesting. Right, yeah, and don't forget, that in the meantime, he's done an Ironman. So he's yeah. almost, you know, tried to kill himself working out for a whole entire day in a row, basically. <laughs> well, no risk there either. Yeah, it's super fun. You gotta, I think you got to spice it up. And all these things, like, are really attractive to me. They... um. They give me new experiences, which, you know, I've never tried before. And, you know, I usually come out of the, the back end of it either 
with a really uh, so far they've all been great experiences obviously falling off the mountain bike wasn't a great experience but still it was an experience in, in the same thing and it's something that you can kind of learn from but um yeah everything in between it's uh yeah it's been a bit of a whirlwind but it's super fun and i don't plan on stopping anytime soon so i'm looking forward to whatever i can conjure up next what do you what do you think you crave more is it the adrenaline of these sports or is it the learning of the new sports that you mm. like more Probably the the learning of the new sports. I do love the adrenaline, like that is a good part of it. But I think the the learning and the experience that I get from doing different things is what fires me up. It's just like when I see something and it's intriguing, um, I get very curious. And when I get curious, then I just can't take my mind off it. I'm just like, oh, I've got to try this. Like I have to try it and see what it see what the result is and see how it affects me and how I how I enjoy it or how I handle it. Um, I think it's just testing myself. I, and I enjoy the curiosity of a different sport and I also love the test. Um, and I also love to see how good I could get at something that, you know, um, like I've always been like that. It's just like, oh, I wonder if I try that. I wonder how good I could get. And if it's something that is also fun for me at the same time, which Bob said, when I looked at it, I was like, I'm going to love this. Everyone's just like, oh, make sure, like, go and try it just once and see if you like it first. And I was just like, I know I'm going to like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then so. And then as soon as I get there, I'm just like, did one run. And I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. <laughs> Got to keep going. Let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. I love that you uh, like just sought them out, too. I love that you just like message someone. You're like, hey, man, like, uh, what's the deal with this? Can I? Uh... When you were doing that, was there any sort of thought in your head like, oh, I got to do this now because the CrossFit season is coming up? Or like, did you think to yourself, I wonder if one will replace the other? Or was it definitely an off-season training time for you like how did you approach that um well in the beginning I had no idea what was required for Bob said I had no idea what the season was required I had no idea how long it went for I didn't know when it was or how it how it formulated um but I just went into it with an open mind and just a a chance to try something new um and then when they said look the season will go from here to here um and this is your options um just you know COVID allowing um if you do well in testing and you know enough to enough to be able to push the sled for the for the team um here's probably what we would recommend for you and they were also very um uh very they held back a lot just because they didn't want to you know recommend um someone go overseas for bob setting with the the world the way it is and i was just mm. like you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go anyway um, so if I can get a dispensation to go or an exemption to go, I'm going to go because I want to experience this. And it kind of worked out that, you know, during uh, 2020, um, you know, uh, not being able to go to the CrossFit Games, I was just like, oh, well, what can I do now? And I hate just getting strong just for the fact of getting strong for something that's, you know, a year away. Like I would rather get strong for bobsled. Um, get fast for bobsled, get powerful during this off season, um, and then come back stronger for a CrossFit season. Like it, mm-hmm. so, there's something to something to achieve in in the interim, um, and they both go hand in hand anyway. So it's like during this off season, I got the strongest I'd ever been. Um, went and did some bobsled, utilized those skills and those abilities there, and then I can transition it over to CrossFit at the same time during this CrossFit season. Um, and for us, there's no bobsledding at all except for land pushing um, during the CrossFit season. And then as soon as the CrossFit season is done, bobsled season is like two months away from getting started again. So then I can, you know, 
go back and, and redo that again. So it kind of all goes hand in hand, really. Like it gives me an opportunity to get strong and something to get strong for, um, which also transitions back and forward. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, it, it wasn't a plan to be like, oh, I'm going to just transition over to bobsled and that's all I'm going to do. Um, I'm kind of taking everything I do now, like pretty much on a month by month basis. Um, nothing, nothing really like, obviously I'm, I'm going to committed to this CrossFit season now. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm just kind of taking everything as it comes and, and not, uh, not planning too far in advance. Not like I used to do when I was younger, but now that I'm 30 years old, I'm kind of just like, whatever tickles my fancy, like, you know, I could be, could be, you know, I do this CrossFit season, then do a bobsled season. And then I was like, you know what, maybe I might try and, you know, try another Ironman or something like that, yeah. or, or try an adventure race or, you know, whatever. What else like i do want to go surfing um i want to go on a little surfing trip at some point i want to try and surf some some decent waves so that's something that i really want to do with a few mates coming up so uh, at some point you'll probably see me getting crushed by some big waves somewhere but that's about it <laughs> it's wild dude it's just it's it's crazy to imagine um like what your body goes through. And I know that you train very smart. So obviously, you know, they're in the two months between the CrossFit season and the bobsled season again, like there's some downtime and you have some recovery, but then you change up your, change up your training is just a testament to how well you elite athletes not only view your training and approach your training, but also approach your recovery. I think that's really impressive. If I went through a CrossFit game season, I'd be like, cool, I need 18 months off before I can think about any other sport. (laughs) I I do that after the open. Are you kidding me? Seriously. Yeah, for sure. And I scale that thing. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. I feel the same way. I have to take a little (laughs) bit of time off after each one of those events. That's for sure. Like in the past you, you go, you go through the open and you just think, Oh, I'm so fired up. I'm going to go in on Monday morning and or Tuesday morning. I'm going to train straight away. But no, you should just take mm-hmm. a couple of days just to just to regather your thoughts and regather your mind. And um, and I think the good thing about this season now is that you know you only have three weeks of it. You don't have five, so um, you have three weeks. Then you have a bit of a regroup, and then you do another bit if you make it in that ten yep. percent. So this is this is probably a bit better. It's just like you know around. Um, the open when the open comes around like every member in the crossfit gym goes absolutely crazy and it's almost like they turn into different people for for those five weeks it's just like oh so this would hopefully will be you know a bit more fun and people can um people can enjoy and then not have it so drawn out three weeks is i think is great great time frame oh totally you every every year by the fourth and fifth week everyone's like ah this was so fun but i'm just so done i'm done i'm just done i want this to be done yeah yeah, totally. totally. No, I, I I feel that too. Like, and and my like, I just love face to face competition. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. I would any day of the week prefer to be face to face in a competition than do online competitions. Like, online competitions, they don't fire me up so much. I don't know why, but it's not. That's not how I was sort of. It's uh, not how I'm wired. I would rather. I would rather do something head to head um in the flesh than do anything online but i understand it's the process that we have to go to and i'll, I'll accept right. that but yeah i would much prefer face-to-face competition that makes sense will there be any face-to-face competitions in australia this year do we know um well we have well, i think so i think we will um australia has um the covid stuff pretty pretty under control i would say i don't think we have that many cases australia wide like if if i had to i'm probably completely wrong here but i think we maybe have like 10 
10 cases or 20 cases, if that. Um, I had so- my house last week. Oh, wait, we have 10 per household <laughs> here right now. Seriously. I, I literally, this is no joke. All right. I'm not making this up. I have 10 employees out with it right now. Are you serious? Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. I'm, I counted. I did the math yesterday. I like was, you know, writing down the names and figure out who's out and when they're coming back. And yeah, yeah. I've had 10 at oh, a time. Man. For like the last two months, I'm not making five minutes. It sounds like we're laughing about it. It's not funny. No, but, we're but just it, over it. Everyone's just yeah, so over it. I it's think like, that's, really? Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing. Like, I can't, t- like, every day someone's messaging me going, Well, I was exposed two days ago. I got to go get tested. And inevitably they test positive. And no. it's, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can, I can imagine. Like, I, we, I can only imagine because we haven't had to deal with anything like that here in Australia. While I was in Europe, there was like 10,000 cases a day or something like that, Mm -hmm. which I was like blown away by. And and I was just like, Oh man, we don't have to deal like deal with anything like this in Australia right now. So I guess in terms of competitions, I think we will be okay to run some. I'm not sure how it will all pan out and how it's actually planned or if it's like regionals or if it's like a sanctioned, um, um, I'm not quite sure, but I've got a feeling we will probably have them. Um, and if that's the case, that's, that's where I intend on, um, intend on making a bit of a splash. I love the face to face stuff. Good. Broadcast them because we're dying to watch. Yes. <laughs> we're dying yeah. for CrossFit competition over here because we probably won't yeah, be able yeah. to do. My best guess is even if, if things continue to go better and people continue to get vaccinated and whatever, I still don't think we're going to have spectators at games or more than 10 or 20 athletes at games this year. Like I just don't see it happening. And obviously we know yeah. already, we know what we're doing, right? Cause we did a small version of it last year and hopefully we'll be able to have international athletes and that'll be a step up and maybe more than five at a time. And that'll be a step up. But I still just don't see like big crowds gathering. And maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Hopefully I'm wrong. Right. But I just, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, wrong. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like maybe 22, 2022 might be the year where things become a little bit more active. I don't think it probably happened this year, but um, hopefully, hopefully people will actually be able to grab um, like uh, athletes might be able to grab exemptions early enough so they can Mm -hmm. do their two week quarantine when they land in the States and still be able to compete. Um, That'd probably be like, as soon as, you know, all things going well, like at the moment, I'm not super fit. So um, I've literally just been doing seven minutes of burpees each day in my apartment. So um, when I get out, I have to really like, you know, get, get my shit together. Um, because all I've been doing is pushing a bobsled, um, like 40 meters at a time at as fast as I possibly could. I've done no like fitness capacity stuff. So that's lacking, but, um, yeah, if, if I can and all things go well this year, um, if I do, if I do crack a ticket to the games, I'll be then, you know, trying to immediately, start trying to figure out my way to get to the States early. That'd be the plan. Yeah. That Just makes so the most sense. Exactly. Exactly. And even if it's like, I'm coming two months early to, so that I can, oh, yeah. you know, just, I'll just stay there and train, acclimate, like figure out the time difference. Like all that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, um, it'll be, have to be the way to go. I have one more bobsled question. Can you explain sure. a little bit more the process? Like you went over and trained with a team because they had trials. Does that mean that you, tried out for the team like and then you make it and they bring you back or like how does it work what's the process so basically we had the trials here in australia and they were just fit, they were just tests so oh, the tests yeah so the tests were in queensland so i flew up to queensland i met 
a few of the girls and a few of the guys up there to do testing and every state had testing and there was I was the only one or there's actually one other girl from Adelaide that wanted to do the testing and I was going to do the testing here at my gym and then just send my results via video um, and then I actually got invited by a couple of the guys said hey do you want to come up to Queensland and do the testing up with us I was like yeah hell yeah I'd rather do it with a group of people than just do it by myself in my gym face to face um, and also yeah face to face and also and it also gives me um, something to shoot for um, because the boys that were there were already part of the team so I had a bit of a you know I had some some um some stats to base base off and um yeah so once that was done um i then got an, a message from evan the pilot who's um been training as pilot for the last three years um he said hey like saw your testing went well uh do you want to come over and push for me in europe and i was just like yes i'll be there um yes. so then Evan was just like, yeah, come over. And I was like, cool. Um, so I figured out a time that I could go. Um, we got in and basically just started, just met Evan at the airport. He picked me up. We went out to Winterberg, which is like country town in Germany. And uh, we registered for a European Cup race. We raced there. We did like a, we did 10 days of training. Um, he just is like, yeah, man, just push the sled, jump in the back and then hold on. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he drove us down and, and yeah, we just did that for like 10 days, 11 days, and we did two races. So we did a race Saturday, a race Sunday. And what they did was they bunched up the European Cup races and did them back to back one day, one day, instead of doing one day, two weeks, one day, um, just for COVID purposes. Um, so yeah, so we did that. Then we left there. Um, we went to, uh, we had a quick break. Um, I went to Amsterdam. There wasn't another race in between there that we could get to. Um, so I went to Amsterdam for like 18 days, um, did a bit of training over there, met some CrossFitters over there, hung out, did some training, and then re-met up with Evan in Altenburg, um, which was another EC race. Um, and then I also met two more of the boys, um, two more brakemen. Um, and then we did some more training. Um, we did those races. Then we went from there to we just decided on the spot. We've got four guys here. Why don't we do a four-man bobsled instead of a two-man bobsled? So it's like, yeah, let's do it. So we literally on the spot found a bobsled somewhere in like it was middle of nowhere in Germany. So me and another boy, we drove from where we were like eight hours to pick up this four-man bobsled. We then met the other two boys down in Innsbruck in Austria. We registered for this four-man race. And then we did the four-man race. We just like just kind of just winged it, like really cowboy, just winged it and got two races done. And the thing with the races is you got to come down for it to be eligible to help with qualification for um, the Olympics. You have to get down in these races without crashing. So luckily enough, like Evan just Evan stuck it and made it work. And, yeah, we uh, got those two races done. And, and then from there, the boys had another bit of a break, and that's when I decided I'll, I'll come home. Like, I extended my stay a couple of times. Um, I got a flight cancelled as well. And then the boys are competing this weekend at World Championships, um, but they're doing only two-man because they only qualified the two-man. So having three brakemen there for um, for just a, you know, uh, a one brakeman spot, it was, you know, over the top. We didn't need it, and I had to kind of come back and start getting fit anyway. So they're actually going to be racing over the next couple of days, which is fantastic. And yeah, so basically that's my introduction to the team is like I did the testing, went over. Um, I think with Australia, because it's not a, it's not a first preference sport. It's not like, 
it's not um, it's not in the, the A category of sport that Australians typically do. Um, they're basically looking for um, either a weightlifter that has some sprinting experience or a sprinter that has weightlifting experience. Someone who can shove the sled fast enough, uh, shove the sled well enough then to get it up to max speed. Um, so for CrossFit, it's actually quite good because we train sprinting and weightlifting all year round um, pretty much. And yeah, kind of just fit it in really well. So I think what they're looking for is people that are willing to get in the sled um, with the potential of it crashing. Um, and then also people that have the ability to, to be semi-competitive um, and then obviously over the course of time become, you know, very competitive. So yeah, for me, it was just like very intriguing. I was just like, wow, this is really cool. Hey, Nikki, let's take a quick break from our conversation with James and talk about our sponsor, Airwave. Ooh, Airwave. Um, we have been, if you're new here, then you're probably hearing this for the first time. But if you've been listening for a minute that you know that John and I have been trying out the Airwave performance mouthpieces for a little bit now. And it's, it's I'm hesitant to say the word mouth guard because that like gives you the wrong vibe. Like that makes me think of like the Berg Kering, I used to like part of my mouth while I played lacrosse in middle school. <laughs> exactly. Did you like what I did there? I, I did. I, I like that. It was a good impression. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but it's not like that at all. It's very thin it, your bottom teeth. And what it does is when you bite down on it, it kind of like repositions your jaw a little bit forward and it creates the optimal airway opening that helps you basically work out better, be better be better. I like it. I mean, I, you know, of course I've been kind of in recovery mode for the last uh, few weeks, but now that I'm, I'm also now back kind of in full swing, I'm starting to get a sense of, uh, you know, how much is helping recovery. And so I, I think it's been a big win for me the whole time. Yeah, That's, that's actually really cool to think about, especially given your, given the hard road you've had to yes. come back from COVID. <laughs> this, is, this is true. Yeah. I would, I give it a big, uh, a big thumbs up or a big Mouth up? Is that what it would mouth, be? Mouth up? Ooh, that's going to come back to bite us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it's it's working for me. Uh, and and uh, anybody can get their hands on these at airwave.com. So it's uh, A-I-R-W-A-A-V. Yes. Right? Yes. Nice job. Lots of A's.com. All the A's. All the A's. Performance mouthpiece. You'll love it. Yep. Yeah, and I think it's probably probably best to note that especially with the open coming up, this is a really nice extra little training tool to throw in your arsenal because you can help increase your endurance, you can increase your strength, and the most important thing when it comes to the open is it it increases your recovery time. So if you want to recover faster, grab one of these little guys, bite down on it while you work out, and you will be golden. If you're old like me, you need any advantage you can get. So <laughs> go to airwave.com, pick yourself up one, and with that, we will get uh, back to James Newberry. Your whole experience is like the movie Euro Trip. Right. You like a Harold and Kumar experience overseas where yeah. they were just like, hey, you wanna like go like get I, like burgers at White Castle and then push this bobsled? And you were like, Yeah, they, sure. What do I, I have to do? Drive eight hours? No big deal. I was thinking the same thing. The stories are yeah. like, you know, I met these guys in a bar and we decided, yeah. yeah, we'll go base jumping, but we didn't have yeah. a parachute, so we just got some sheets and some dental floss and we just yeah. made some <laughs> and just jumped totally. for it. It was yeah. great. You know, 
again, like the only, the only other experience I have talking to an athlete about getting into bobsled was when we had Kelsey on the show and she was at the Olympic training center. And it seemed like a very process oriented sport where she was there and she had X amount of training on these days. And she started out by pushing the bobsled down like a half track. I know I'm saying it wrong, but like she didn't do the whole thing right away. And so she didn't even get up to speed right away. And then eventually she got up to speed and then eventually she had a trial and certain people made the team and continued and certain people didn't, which is totally what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to be like, I either made the team or I didn't and I'm going to try again or they're going to bring me back. But no, you were just like, I don't know. These dudes wanted to do some races. So I just like went to max speed first time ever in a bobsled. Insane. Insane. Yeah, pretty much. And (laughs) and it's yeah, it it actually is pretty funny. But I guess uh, for for us in Australia, like where we're uh we're an entry level country into right. into the sport um like our females they do exceptionally well like we have uh, a girl who's winning like world cups currently in the the monobob the single person bob um but where we are um for the males is we're a fairly new squad um i'm obviously the newest one but like evan and evan and joe um, they've been doing it for three seasons but if we were to look at and also dylan he's been doing two seasons i think but if we were to look at in terms of uh, time in the bobsled, um, you could equate what the boys have done over the last three seasons into what, say, a German pilot and a German brakeman would have done in one season. Mm. So they're getting a lot more time in the sled. Like there is, there's like national, like basically a national sport, whereas ours is sort of just like it's not quite there yet. Um, and I think we could have a fantastic team that could be quite competitive if we had, you know a push track and we had a, a bot like a, an ice house to push in to, to, to learn how to push the bob more efficiently because this comes down to like tenths of seconds. It's like, it's like a hundred meter sprint or a 400 meter sprint. It, it could come down to 0.1, 0.2, 0.3. Mm-hmm. And if you can push 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 faster off the start line, that will compile and snowball by the bottom of the track. Um, and it also comes down to how much experience your pilot has too. Um, you know, and, and the more experience and the better driving capabilities of the pilot, the better you'll do too. So there's so many factors that come into it. But I see it as a sport that, um, you know, given a bit of shed a bit of light on the sport here in Australia, and we could have a fantastic team. Like we have powerful, strong, fast athletes. Um, we we have plenty of great drivers across different sports, like um, Formula One and and, um, and totally like motor like uh, MotoGP or like um, ASBK and things like that. Um, so we do have talented drivers, um, and we have fast, talented athletes and strong, powerful athletes like rugby players and other, and other sports like this. Um, there's no reason why we could not be competitive. It just needs some light shined on the sport. And then it comes down to, you know, helping the athletes, you know, fund a season. That's one of the biggest things, which is why I think it turns so many people off. Funding a bobsled season is so expensive. Like if you look at it in comparison to just doing a regular CrossFit season, it's like astronomically more expensive. Really? It's crazy. Because of the travel? Like because you got to get somewhere cold where there is tracks and stuff or? Well, that for us in particular, you have to travel for it. Um, That's a big expense there. Um, You know, lodging is a huge expense when you've got to stay in a different country for like three to four months at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, every run that you do, even in training, every run down the ice you do is like roughly a hundred Australian dollars. So 
if you're in a day, you do, you know, four or five runs, there's like four or 500 bucks just for your training that day. Because you have to rent the track kind of? Yeah. Yep, Got it. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. Exactly right. Yep. So because the ice has to be maintained, um, they also have to, um, you know, they have to keep keep the track cold to keep it icy. Um, if there's a crash, they have to fix the ice. Um, they have to have uh, heaps of people on deck. Like they have to have um, the track workers um, to help you get your bobsled from the bottom of the track back up to the top of the track, and that's on a constant rotation. So you finish, you load your bob onto the onto the truck drives it back up to the top, then you wait 20, 30 minutes before you go down again. Um, so you have that involved as well. So it's an expensive thing just to do. And so in a race, like in a um, in a training week, you could be doing, you know, uh, 15 to 20, 20 training runs and there's like $2,000 just in going down the track, no. not including – what you've got to spend on um you got to buy the bobsled bobsleds are expensive um you know some bobs you know thirty thousand plus dollars it's an expensive spot um then you look at the shoes the shoes are like four hundred dollars the helmets are like six hundred dollars the you know it's just an expensive sport like all these things put together and like and then you think about doing this if you want to go to for instance um if you want to do a full season then you have to multiply this by like seven races. So you have seven training weeks, you have training in between, you have the race entry fees. It's just an expensive sport. So for us in Australia, especially when there's not a lot of backing behind um, bobsled here in Australia, it's you've got to weigh up the costs that it involves, also the risks that it involves if you crash. Um, you also away, like especially now, away during COVID, like you could get across there, you could test positive, and then you might have to spend two weeks in a hotel in a different country somewhere. There's like, right. there's plenty of different reasons why it turns people off. But for me, the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. So it's um, it's cool. I, I really enjoy it, and That's I was wild. definitely definitely keen. So yeah, it yeah, would be cool fun. if if you had um, you know, it sounds like you don't have. It's not like there's like a bobsled organization nearby that can that already has a track or that can i don't know like help subsidy the cost of training run like it there's not a lot it's all on you it's all on you to be like i want to pursue this so i have to invest that's tough most other sports have a thing like you can join a tennis club or you can you know like go to an ice skating rink and and you know get lessons i don't know there's like there's ways to get involved on a small level before you have to just like dive in, but it doesn't sound like you really have that opportunity if you want to, if you want to do it for real. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like we, we have a, an association um, that gives us as much information as they possibly can give us. Um, it's just, it's just the same thing as like, you know, you know, if you look at the countries that this is a very, you know, premier sport, you know, obviously they back it a lot because they've got lots of people involved, willing to back it, willing to help support it. Um, but it's just not super well known here in Australia and that's, um, nothing against Australia. It's just never been a, a prominent sport. Um, but you know, it could, it could shedding some light on it probably helps and, you know, putting some, um, putting some, uh, highlights around it, you know, like obviously with Tia now doing it and Kelsey and a few yeah. other people like it, you know, it may shine some light on the sport, especially here for Australia and it might get some people wanting to back it and more involved and wanting to watch it which will only draw more, more crowd and it could be, yeah. you know, it could turn into something different. So yeah, it's super fun and I'm having a blast doing it. Like I just look forward to getting back across and, and uh, doing some more sliding. 
So how did you guys do in the races that you ran? Like, did you, did you perform decently well or? Well, in saying that we got down all of our races, we didn't crash any races, which was great. Um, so every race so far, um, we made it down successfully. Um, in a couple of the races, we were around two seconds off the pace. Um, in, um, uh, what were we recently in the form and Bob, I think we were roughly like three, well, maybe less, maybe two seconds off the pace, roughly in all our races. But in that two second gap or that three second gap, um, you know, there's 20 sleds in front of you. So racing in Europe, um, there's like 30, between 30, usually 30 and 35 sleds. A couple of our races, we had like 15, 15 sleds in the race. Um, and we were usually in the back five, roughly back five, but, in saying that, if I think if we were to spend, you know, a decent 12 months practicing our push starts, you know, it even comes down to the material that you have. Like if you have a really fast bob and then you have fast runners, um, there's a give and take because if you put really fast runners on the bottom, that's like the skates that you slide on. If you put really fast runners on the bottom, then it's really up to the driver to be able to handle those runners because the faster the runners, the slipperier it is, the harder it is to handle. So you need to find a happy medium. You want to get most speed, but you don't want to obviously crash. And the faster the runners, the easier it is to crash. So you've got to find this happy medium. But I think if we were to stay stay together as a team and really help develop each other by, you know, keeping everyone accountable and learning how to learning how to push perfectly together, learning how to, you know, navigate these tracks. There's no reason. There's no reason why we couldn't, you know, be um, be competitive. Star. I, I think, in my personal opinion, but I'm an optimist. I always look for. <laughs> I always look for like the, the best. I always want to compete with the best. So yeah, I, I always try and figure out the you know the path of least resistance to be able to compete with the best. It sounds like me picking my cart for Mario Kart races. Where I'm like, I want the fast <laughs> cart, but I need the wheels with the traction, and I need the. I can't. I can't not. I gotta fall off the edge. I got. I need the wheels with the traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's exactly the same, and 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 this is exactly where it the all comes same. in. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel better, James. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's just the same. Well, that's the way I look at it anyway. Like, um, I think, and then also, you know the. The teams, the teams that you know are winning uh, World Cups and winning um, Olympics, they have you know a full season plan. They've got like yeah. they've got their whole year planned out. They have coaches that are with them constantly all the time. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's pretty full on. Actually, I just think someone just knocked on my door for a COVID. <gasps> test. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to watch me get a COVID? Yeah, totally. I want to oh, see yeah. it. I want to watch I, it happen. Can we I watch it? I won't. I won't be able to talk well, to you for like one minute. That's fine. Go for it. Bring them near the computer. I want to watch. We can narrate <laughs> okay, this yeah. as it happens. As as long as it's through the nose and not through the other ear we were talking about. <laughs> we can't hear us anymore. Although we might it's get probably the most for we, the better. We might get the most hits we've ever had on one of these videos if we go that route. We'll have to Maybe that's up. what. That's what you should write the preview. Like you should be like, J- watch James Newberry get a COVID test. It's. I'm just gonna say, watch James Newberry get inserted. <laughs> that <laughs> make what it, happens. Make it sound as gross as possible. It's gonna oh, have right. to be like the. You're gonna have to put the little like R rating. I know. PG 13 plus or whatever. Well, and he's frozen on his end now, so I. I'm wondering if. Uh, I hope he hasn't knocked his Wi-Fi off or something. Now but, we'll never know. What you know, I'm sitting here like thinking got. all these CrossFitters that are uh, are are doing bobsled now. I'm just imagining what the crowds are going to look like if CrossFitters start following these people. Like, 
you know, bobsled crowd just full of rogue t-shirts, drinking <laughs> protein shakes. It'll be totally bizarre. Everyone's dressing up for the bobsled races like they're about to work out. That's my favorite yeah. part of going to a CrossFit event is everyone looks like they were just, they're just waiting for someone to like ask them to hop out on, onto the competition floor. Not a pair of jeans in sight. Oh, it's the best. I love looking in the crowd at the games when it's like literally no one wearing shirts, uh-uh. men, men or women. There's no. everywhere. You know? Yeah, it's awesome. It's really great. And for those uh, are listening and not watching this on YouTube, James is currently getting inserted. She's, she, I think she in just touched the, the, nose. the back of his brain. I think she touched the back of his brain with that thing. Oh, poor thing. He's wow. he's a champ, though. Look at him. He's just like taking it all in stride. Yeah, you know, I had the rapid test when they when they gave me the test. It was rapid, so they were just like right inside the. Oh. Yeah, 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 James, you that was easy. You're like a pro at this. Yeah, they just put it in the throat, put it in the nose, and you're good to go. That's my third one for the week. So nice. How fast do you get your? Results you probably can't back? see that, but my eyes are watering a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> how uh, how quickly will you hear back from them? Uh, tomorrow morning, a nice. 24 hour turnaround. So I need that uh, result before I leave here on um, Saturday morning. So basically, when you get in for testing, like when you get in from overseas, your day one is day zero, and then you can leave on the fifteenth morning. So I'm um, I'll be able to leave Friday night, well Saturday morning, Friday night, like twelve oh one a.m. So my brother's going to come pick me up, and I've got to get rid of all this training gear that I've got inside my room. So I'll do it nice and early. Plenty of stuff to get into when I get home, so I can't uh, I can't wait any longer. Yeah, the start of a of a new CrossFit season, one that uh, looks a little bit different than we've ever seen in the past. I mean, overall, what are your thoughts on on the new system? I know we talked about like a three day or sorry three week open will be better than a five week open, but we've got a whole new system. It's regionals esque, if you will, but uh, diff- still different than than anything we've seen before. I love it. I love change. I like changing stuff up heaps. Like just, yeah, I think it's cool. Like it's something that I think the good thing about it is like um, for the people that are competing in CrossFit now, we've had, um, and especially the people that have been competing for the last decade, we've had to try so many different things, which is great. We get to experience all these different ways of competing um, that, you know, once they find a, a formula that they feel really, really works, um, you know, some people will only get to try one format or two formats, but we've had like four different formats since the time that I've been competing. And I think it's great. Like, I love to see a bit of change and I, I'm not opposed to it. I think you just got to take it as it comes and just, you know, it's like the same thing when we had all the different countries there in 2019 for the first time. Um, that was a new format, but you either embraced it and, you know, made it work or you, you got uh, upset that there were cuts. Um, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, you just have to roll with the punches and and figure out, you know, the take take it as it is. Um, obviously, try and be as positive as you can. Um, you know, acknowledge the things that you don't enjoy, but also, you know, at the end of the day, you'll probably compete better if you're in a positive mindset than a negative mindset, regardless of you know how you really feel. So, yeah, I think it's cool. Like, I'm excited. I always love regionals, so. I'm excited for it to be more regional-esque. Um, that's something that I really enjoyed. So, yeah, I'm pumped about it, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. And the last time we saw you at the Games was just 
an incredible performance. I mean, surviving the cuts, getting into the top five, making it to the last day. I mean, it was just, it was really cool to see you out there and and performing at your best, I think. Watching you sell out on the assault bike, I will literally never forget. <laughs> literally, I'm like, who yeah. can do this after three days mm. of competition? Look at him go. How much, well, yeah, how much is my- that experience like firing you up for for the future or for this upcoming season? Well, I think in years past, I had been a bit reserved in terms of taking risks because I wanted to perform well and almost probably took took it um, too, uh, uh, too safe, if that makes sense. Um, so I kind of went into my fourth CrossFit Games and, you know, in my mind, I wanted to be like, you know what, I'm just going to be a bit reckless. I'll just be a bit reckless. I'll probably send it in a few ones that, you know, maybe shouldn't send it on, but have a go anyway and risk, risk it to get the biscuit, I guess. And, um, you know, it kind of really worked out and I had way more fun. I had, I had so much more fun. Um, you know, there were events that, um, you know, if I had taken it too cautiously, like I may, I probably, I wouldn't have done as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I thought, thought to myself, why would I take this? Why would I take this CrossFit Games um, uh, like uh, cautiously? Like I've already been here three times. Why don't I just try and get a couple of wins up, up like under my belt? And um, yeah, that's kind of what I did. And yeah, if I make it back to the games this year, I'll do the same thing. I'm going to risk it. I'll risk it to risk it to have a couple of wins and hopefully get some better points on the board and um, and have more fun with it. The idea in 2019 was I wanted to go into that. I wanted to go into that CrossFit Games and come out the other end with more positive experiences and bad experiences. And in the years past, 16, 17, and 18, um, if I had looked at all my events and all my experience there and I said, how much fun was I having and how much of it was not super enjoyable? And I only really have fun if I'm winning. If I'm winning or doing well, I can take positives and have a smile on my face. If you're not winning as a competitor, you're usually pretty upset and Mm -hmm. I walked away from all those, um, getting a 24th, a 26th, and an 18th. Yeah, an 18th was better than my years past, but I still wasn't like super happy. I felt like I was missing points where I felt like I could, I should have had points, and I was just like, oh man, I, I, I just walked away from them feeling like I, my, my fitness didn't show. Um, whereas 2019, I felt like I was, um, I felt like my performance. Uh, really mirrored my training efforts and my training that I'd put into it, which I was happy about. So I walked away with 98% of that, uh, 2019, 99% of that being like, yeah, I'm stoked. Cool. Which was great. Yeah, I love well, you, that. You did so amazing that year. You made Noah Olsen change his haircut. So I know. I, I, think, yeah, that's, I, know. I think that's amazing. I mean, I do you feel personally attacked? <laughs> no, he actually he, he told me while we were in um, Hawaii, he was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna get some dreads." I'm just like, "Yeah, really?" He's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it." I'm just like, oh, "I'll believe it when I see it." And then yeah, he started growing his hair long, and uh, yeah, he's got him. And then every time I see a video, like I scroll the Instagram and I see a video pop up, and I have to do a double take. I'm just like, "Who's videoed me somewhere?" Me too. And I'm just like, oh, "I always do a double no. take." I have to figure out yeah. if it's you or him, just from because like when you're just scrolling, you don't like realize at first. And then yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. is we, that? Oh, okay. <laughs> and we have the same complexion as well. Like we're both fairly white, uh-huh. um, you know, just like uh, almost 
see-through. So, yeah, it's kind of the same. <laughs> he lives in Florida and you live in Australia. Uh, that's extra funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for it all. And, yeah, I'm looking to see how it all pans out. But, you know, I think I think this will be my – pretty sure this will be my 11th season. Oof. So, um yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting on there, but you know, I think um, you know, while I'm still enjoying like training CrossFit as much as I am, like you know, after it's all done and dusted, and I'm and not doing CrossFit as a high level anymore, there'll be something else. I guarantee it. There'll be something else that I'll be like, yeah, I want to throw my hat in the ring and and have a go. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But this season, yeah, I feel like I, the thing I thought about as well is I'm not going to be able to travel for the next you know, period of time during 2021. So I might as well just spend all my time training and see how well I go. So, hmm. Yeah, totally. It's also my 11th season. Wow. Yeah. Did, you, did you start, um, did you do the open in, in 11 as well? Um, yes. And that was the, that wasn't that the open with seven minutes of burpees? Yeah. Was, the first one, the first one, yep. first, first workout ever. Yep. Yeah. That was the first one I ever did. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. We're also oh, old. That, oh, Oh, was that 2012? Was that it was 2012? It was 2012. Was oh, you're right. It was 2012. Yeah. yeah. But 2011, yeah, did it have a did it have a snatch ladder in it? Because I remember distinctly not knowing how to snatch yet, and it was very awkward. I, that was I also 2012. In, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those were those were back to back workouts. Ugh, gross. Yeah. The uh, yes, I remember. Yeah, the lightweight snatches, and it kind of ascended. Yep. In 2011, um, that was my very first season, and I remember there was a an overhead squat at like 50 kilos or 60 kilos, and I'd only just started CrossFit like two weeks prior, and I remember picking up the weight, and um, someone said, "Oh, you got to overhead squat this," so I just put 50 kilos on or 60 kilos, and I was like, I picked it up, and I like muscled it over my head. And I went down and I just kept dropping it forward and dropping it forward. And I was just like, how am I supposed to do this in a workout? I can't even do one rep without the timer on. And then, yeah, I tried the workout like three or four times that week and ended up getting better and better every single time like you do when you first start CrossFit. But that was my intro to it. And then someone said, oh, yeah, you get like world ranked and Australia ranked. I was like, oh, really? That's cool. I'm in. <laughs> of course. We created a monster back then. Pretty much, pretty much. As soon as you put a, a ranking into into mm-hmm. play, I'm always just like, okay, here we go. Well, speaking of rankings, I have to ask, and I don't know how quickly we're going to air this, but we did get some big news today in real time in the CrossFit world and the competitive world with Matt Fraser retiring. And so looking yes. ahead at what the season will look like from a ranking standpoint, I mean, here's a guy who's consistently taken the number one spot. And I know as a competitor – Everyone goes into it being like, that's my spot this year. I'm here to win. But this certainly does change the landscape in one way, shape, or form. How does that affect you or how you view this upcoming season differently, if if at all? Um, yeah, like someone – I had a couple of people ask me that this morning when I woke up and I saw that uh, Matt had retired. And they said, oh, how do you feel about it? And I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of I'm neutral. Um, it doesn't really change much for me. Um, I, I kind of thought like I'm going to be training as hard as I possibly could to try and beat Matt. Um, I'd be training as hard as I possibly could now that he's not competing to try and win. Um, so it doesn't particularly change too much, I guess for a lot of people, they're thinking, oh, okay, the, uh, the platform's wide open for someone to be the next fittest on earth, um, which is also exciting because Matt's been so dominant. Um, 
it's yeah for me nothing much has really changed i guess it just it it, it adds it adds a um an element of wow like someone else is going to be crowned fittest on earth at the end of this for the males um and you know like i want that to be me so it's um yeah it's quite exciting it's really exciting and i think it's going to uh i think it's going to be a really really cool really cool season coming up there'll be a lot of excitement that's for sure um and then you know like uh it's like beforehand it was like rich would just take the crown every year and then it kind of you know you had ben step in there for a season yeah. and then Matt, matt's been so dominant um thereafter and i feel like in the past years it's always been like matt's been here and then a whole chunk of people have kind of been like down here um and i feel like any one of those um you know following two through two through ten um and maybe more have the ability to take top spot like i think if you were to put all those next say 12 athletes there after matt in a competition um one weekend um you would have a ranking and then if you were to grab everyone from that competition put them into a very different competition the following weekend you would have another different ranking and so on and so on whereas with matt if you put him in the mix based on the last five years regardless of the weekend you put him on he's always sitting at the top regardless with a gap in between every single one so um it's exciting that you know every year from here on could be a different winner so um, that's a really cool way of looking at it instead of just being you know throwing 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 ben Matt, 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 you know, right. Right. Though I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's training to be the next dominant guy or gal for however long insert period, probably six years. Right. Cause whoever wants to do it, it wants to beat the record next. I'm sure. Of course. Of course. Of course. And um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to pan out and see how we go, but yeah, it's a, it's definitely going to be a fun season. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all, how it all goes and uh, hopefully competitions, face-to-face do get to go ahead even if they do it similar to um the ufc and you know create yeah. a fight island and uh have everyone go early somewhere um and, and do a fight island style thing where they everyone can kind of just go and be secluded early um maybe that's an uh, maybe that's a possibility i would go to an island sign me up okay let's yeah. go let's go yeah you know where we're going james we're going to the island of madison wisconsin that's where we're going get ready so tropical (laughs) so beautiful yeah 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 well they could always come to australia we have the like one of the lowest cases of covid we have the uh, the facilities to make it happen and we're just one big island so why not i'm down i don't think australia wants us I think that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Not Australia's Americans. like, maybe you yeah. Americans just stay where you're at. Good luck with that COVID thing. Exactly. Oh, man. Oh, well, oh well. It, should, it should be fun. Well, before we wrap up, James, we haven't, we haven't really seen you since probably the Performance Summit a year ago. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the Under Armour Performance Summit. So I'll, I'll have to ask the important question. Have you got your hands on the new Tri-Base Terrain <gasps> 3s yet? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. You want to see? Them? Yes, yes. I, can yes, we see them? I abs- I absolutely oh my god! Want to stop. Oh. We fangirl so hard for these shoes, you guys, <laughs> and not paid, by the way. Under Armour should uh, totally sponsor us. Yeah, they should. <gasps> oh. Look at those pretty things. Uh, those are sick. Yep, love it. Yeah, they're cool. Love do they it. have? A, yeah. They have a totally different upper, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So these are they. The, the upper is completely different. It's like a, a bit more of a um 
uh, a resilient upper. Um, it still has the the sock interior as well, so it's still like that uh, foot hugging type of material. Um, but then they extended the heel here um, with a little lip, so you can slide up and down the wall a little bit better too. Um, so yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty robust, resilient shoe with a bit more flexibility. Um, still, same thing with the uh, the uh, the tri base um, sole. But yeah, I absolutely love it. Loving it. Loving it. Dude, James, I, did you did you have input on this shoe like you did for the other versions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had um, a fair bit of input. When every time I make a trip to Portland or Baltimore um, to see the Under Armour guys, we usually sit down for a few hours and talk about how we can improve it and what I've noticed during training and um, the type of laces, the type of uppers, the type of look. Um, you know, you want the shoe to feel good on the foot. Um, you know, everything. So yeah, I've had a, a fair bit to do with this one as well. Um, and I'm really excited for people to start testing it out. It's definitely, it's an improvement. So, um, every time they do a shoe, I'm just like, I don't know how we're going to improve this. Um, but then when time comes and we have to start making some decisions, um, yeah, we make improvements. Dude, I've worn mine since that summit. I mean, if I do six workouts a week, I wear five. Same. Easily. Same. Yeah. Same. Oh yeah. They're my go-to cool. shoe for everything. I love those things. And they're, and now they're so beat up. <laughs> they're just abused. Yeah. Same. My husband that. is you also, need. that's all he wears. And we, I got him like what, or I didn't say I got him, Matt, our buddy, Matt at Under Armour sent him like three different pairs. And he almost, I caught him trying to order a new pair last week because <laughs> they're so worn out because he wears them every yeah. day. And I'm like, you can't, the, the threes are going to come out. You got to wait. Yeah. Yeah, got to wait. You got to wait. They're almost here too, so hang tight for a couple more weeks. Yeah, we're counting the days. I I shared a photo of them in my story the other day, and and Matt from Under Armour messaged me. He's like, "Is that a hint?" And I'm like, "It's absolutely a hint." Yes. <laughs> yes. Release the shoes, bro. Yes. Come get, on, let's go. Get them in the states. I need them. They're good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, they're awesome. I recommend them for all of my narrow foot people because it's like. Yeah. It's not so narrow that you don't have room and your toes can't splay. Like they're perfect yep. for functional fitness, but they are just, when you have a little bit more of a not wide foot, then like yes. typical nanos or whatever other insert CrossFit shoe here are just so like my feet slide around in them. I will say the nano yep. 11s or X ones, whatever everyone wants to call them yep. are the closest to this that I've ever yep. worn yet. So I like those a lot, yep. but yeah, if I ever don't want to worry about my equipment, like for every open wad, I'm going to wear my yep. tri-base reins because I just don't want to think yep. about, I just want to worry about it. I don't want to think about my footwear. I don't want to, I want it to feel like part yep. of my foot exactly yeah you want an extension of the foot and i feel like you can chuck these on without having worn them before and they already feel comfortable they don't yeah. feel like you have to wear them in for so long to then start feeling comfortable or to get that foot cramp um which is really good which i love too because then you can rock up to a competition and have a couple of spares if you lose a pair or if you i don't know wreck a pair somehow uh, yeah. you've always got a spare and they're probably going to feel pretty much the same Oh, I've, I've told everyone that if you're a mediocre athlete like I am and you get a pair of tri-base rain twos, you'll still be mediocre, but you'll look better. And that's all that matters, really. Yeah, be more comfortable hey, with your you mediocre will. You'll be more feet. comfortable. Your feet will feel good. That's all, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. It's so surprising how much better you compete if you feel good about what you're wearing. It's yeah, like, that's true. It's a mindset thing. A, a, lot of, a lot of that goes into play is a mindset thing. And if you're, you know, look good, feel good, compete good. Yeah. That is why I spray tan before every competition. Look good, feel good. What's up? 
Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a mindset thing. I'll always compete better if I'm having a good time. Um, so if you can do as many different things to make yourself have a good time, you'll probably do better. Well, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess uh, in the future I'll spray tan and wear my highly recommend, and I'll be good to go. Yeah, so. <laughs> and get some dreads, 100%. John. And, and Come on, get some, yeah. Yeah. Get some dreads. I could I could uh, grow them in the back like a little skullet dread. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. If James ever cuts his off, you could glue them. You could could. glue them straight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send I'll send you guys one each. Oh my god. Can you can you please? Perfect. I will. Yes. I will. I'll 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 sell them online one by one. Um that would make some serious money. I don't know if you heard our podcast with Armin, but saying people would pay big money for that. People pay for weird stuff. All right. Well, James, hey, let's not. Don't go there. Yeah, we just we'll let that go. James, thanks for being on, man. We appreciate yes, your time. Yes, thank you so much. No worries. My pleasure. And let's uh, let's not make it uh, too far between the next one. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Hopefully, the next one is in person. We'll, we'll go back to Baltimore and meet up again. Perfect. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, Nikki, it's great seeing you again. As Likewise. always, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.